Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us again at the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland Podcast. This is Pastor Tim McLaughlin. Uh, so glad that you have decided to listen. Uh, I've been hearing several that have listened to our podcast. <clears throat> it looks like the, the number of people are growing, and, and that excites me. Uh, not because they're listening to me, but because the, they're listening to the Word. Uh, you know, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, you know that I use a lot of Scripture, and it's about the Word. The Word of God will transform your life. The Word of God will set you free. The Word of God will direct your steps. The Bible says in Psalm 119, I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If we've got the Word of God living in us, man, we are victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I've been thinking a lot. We just uh, finished here about a week ago. Uh, we finished a revival. We did uh, six days of revival, and we saw four people come to Jesus. Uh, we saw a couple rededications. We saw one, for a fact that I know of, that was completely healed. God healed a young lady's foot, and it was, uh, man, I got to pray for her. I saw her foot before, and I saw her foot after of what God had done, and man, what an amazing thing. And then uh, last night, I know you're listening to this and it's recorded, but last night, as to when I'm recording this, I had the privilege of ministering to a, a youth group, and we saw seven young people make a decision for Jesus Christ, seven young people that stood up and uh, and accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. I'm telling you, the harvest field is white for the harvest. It's ready. We just need to go out there, and we need to declare the Word of God. I, I, I think about the situation that, the, that our nation is in. I think about where we're at right now. I think about all that's going on. And I tell you, if you read the news, it's easy to get downtrodden. But let me tell you, saints of God, uh, if you read the word of God, Matthew 24, and you look at these things, the Bible says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. We understand that these things have to happen. I don't like it. I pray that it would uh, go away. I pray, I'm pray. i praying for a great revival, a great awakening across these lands. But I, just, I know that these times uh, are, are talked about in the word of God, so we need to be ready. Because of all those things and because of how much I, I, I'm passionate about the Word of God, I, I have for years desired more from God. I've heard people say that we should be content with what we have and who we are in Christ, but I disagree. God wants us to have more. We should desire more from God. Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 10, he says that he wants us to have abundant life. That doesn't sound like being content. He says, I want you to have abundantly more. First Corinthians chapter 12, 31, the apostle Paul said that we need to earnestly desire the best gifts. We need to earnestly desire more. The writer of Hebrews says that God's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Look at these words, abundant life, earnestly desire, diligently seek him. Listen, God does not want us to be content. God wants us to desire more. So we need to desire more, not to be content at where we are or what we have seen or what we've experienced, but we need to hunger for more. Listen, I've seen people saved. I've seen people uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've seen people healed, but I know that there's more out there. I know that there's greater things. I prayed for a young man during the revival 
who literally lost his right eye. There was no eyeball in there and his eye was closed. And I said, listen, brother, I believe so much in the power of God that I want to pray that God can God can grow a new eyeball. And he looked at me like I was nuts. Now, the reality is I've got faith to believe. I don't know that he had that kind of faith, but I believe that. I believe in signs and wonders and miracles. I believe that God can do whatever. God created the first eyeball in him. God can create another. God wants to heal. God wants to deliver us from this coronavirus. God wants to see us have more in our life. Again, I think about the revival that we just came out of. It was a reunion revival. Reunion because in in 2020, we had 59 days of revival. So we came back and we had six days this year of revival. And last year, 2020, was great. This year could be even better. And we could see even more if we continue to press in. I just finished reading this book not too long ago uh, about some of the great revivals of old, the the first great awakening by Jonathan Edwards in 1741 and, and the Cambridge revival of the 1800s in Kentucky, the second great awakening in 1868 up in New York. Boy, they need an awakening up there. The revivals in Africa, Wales, and Scotland. And how can we forget the Azusa Street revival of 1906? And then most recently, the revival that started in 1995 and went for five years down in Pensacola, Florida, the Brownsville Revival. But I still desire more. I believe there's a greater revival that's still coming. And I keep asking myself, why not now and why not us? Listen, I'm not prideful. I don't want to sound arrogant. I don't want to sound selfish. But knowing that God wants us to want more, we should press in. I've got one verse of scripture that I just want to share with you as I as I minister and as I get ready to share this message with you. And, And there's more, of course, that I want to tie in. But in Exodus chapter 33, verse 18, Exodus chapter 33, verse 18. The King James Bible says, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Now the new King James says it this way. And he said, this is Moses speaking. And he said, please show me your glory. Think about this for a second. Moses had spoken to the Lord in a burning bush. Moses had seen the 10 plagues that God brought against Egypt. Moses had seen the Red Sea part and the children of Israel walk through on dry ground. And then God turn around and destroy the whole Egyptian army. Moses had seen bread fall from heaven and and feed all of the children of Israel. He had seen God give him the 10 commandments with his finger as God wrote in stone. God had given specific instructions to Moses for the building of the temple. And not only did he give him instructions for the building of the temple, but when Moses asked for an offering for everything that he needed for the temple, they had abundantly more that they had to go out and they had to tell the people to quit bringing. Boy, I've never seen a preacher had to tell people to quit bringing stuff to to the house of God. But Moses did. Moses had seen all these great things that the Lord had done. And now Moses had been on Mount Sinai with God. 
And he continued there a great while and he enjoyed the most intimate communion with God that any man has ever seen this side of heaven. And yet, Moses still desired more. Listen, I want to share with you right now, uh, as a man that understands the saving knowledge of God, as a man that understands the power of God to deliver, but I still want more. We need to desire the glory of the Lord in our lives and in our families and our churches. It's my prayer that each and every one of you that are listening to this have made a confession of faith and asked Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life. God told Moses, He says, I know you by name. Out of all the people on the face of the earth, the Lord told Moses, He said, I know you by name. God knows you by name. God knows you by name. And and, and like Moses, I pray that each and every one of us should desire a greater and more intimate relationship with God. Moses had wonderfully pled with God for one favor after another. And the success of his prayers encouraged him to go and to still seek God all the more. The more Moses had, the more Moses asked. See, when we're in a good frame at the throne of grace, we should strive to persevere and to strike while the iron's hot. And like Moses, ask of the Lord, show me your glory. Not that Moses was so ignorant as to think that God's glory could be seen with a natural eye, but having thus far only heard the voice out of a pillar of a cloud or fire, he desired to see some representation of the divine glory of God. It was more than he had yet seen that Moses desired. Moses desired intimate knowledge of God. Moses' passionate plea to see God's glory is one of the most intimate encounters between man and God that was ever recorded in the Word. Moses had already seen God's power demonstrated, but he wanted God's person. The only reality that will stir up a lasting satisfaction to be with God, to see the person of God, to see and to know the glory of the Lord. So what is God's glory? I've heard some in church that have said God's glory is a mist or a cloud. I remember a lady one time, and I'm not poking fun, that that, that one time we were having a service and uh there was a band coming in and this, this worship band was warming up and they were, they had smoke machines and, and so they wouldn't let anybody in the sanctuary while they were practicing. And, and when they finally opened the doors to let people in, there was still that residue of the, the dry ice floating in the ceilings. And when she walked in, she looked at me and she said, Pastor Tim, the glory of the Lord is here. And, and praise God, I, I just smiled. I said, yes, ma'am, he is. And, 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 you know, I'm not saying that the glory of the Lord wasn't but she was looking up and she was seeing that dry ice. Listen, the glory of the Lord is is not just a mist or a cloud. Listen to these verses real quick. Exodus 13, 21. It says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud. Exodus 16, 10 says, The glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. Exodus 19, 9 says, Behold, I come to you in a thick cloud. Exodus 24, 16 says he called Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Exodus 33, 9, it says, And the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. Well, Pastor Tim, you just told us that the glory of the Lord was not in the midst or in the cloud. Why are you sharing these verses? Because God's glory is not in the cloud, but God hid himself 
in the cloud because his glory is too magnificent to behold with the naked eye. God's glory was not the cloud. It was God's glory that was hidden in the cloud because we could not receive all of it. If the cloud did not screen out God's countenance, all flesh would have been consumed instantly and died. That's why Exodus 33, 20 says, And he said, Thou cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Mortal man cannot stand in the presence of a holy Lord in all of his glory. Hebrews 12, 29 says, For God is a consuming fire. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. The Apostle Paul said it this way in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15 and 16. He says, which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone is immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, who no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. See, Paul knew that he was talking about because he had seen the presence of God's glory. Paul shared this experience with King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26, verse 13. He's telling King Agrippa, he says, At midday, O king, along the road, I saw the light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. See, Paul had experienced the glory of the Lord. He fell down as a blind man. He was blind for three days until someone came in and prayed for him and the scales fell off his eyes. Have you ever stared up into the sun, the S-U-N? See, the power and the brightness of the S-U-N is no comparison to the power and the glory of the S-O-N. So what is the glory of God. The glory in the Hebrew is the word kavod. Strong's dictionary defines it as a weight of something, but only figuratively in a good sense. It's the honor, abundance, riches, splendor, dignity, and reputation. It's the reverence of the Lord. It's as of a king putting his royal robe upon his servant and all that it represents. It is weighty, but it brings great benefit. See, God's glory speaks of his splendor, of his abundance, and of his honor. The glory of God is defined by God himself in Exodus thirty-three nineteen. He said, I will make my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. We, like Moses, need to desire all of God's goodness. Knowing we cannot stand in it or visually handle seeing all of it, we still need to have the de and desire to receive all that we can handle. I like that. God says, I will make my goodness pass before you. The word goodness is the word tuv, which means nothing held back. <laughs> nothing held back. Well, that gets me excited right there. Praise the Lord. We need to come into the presence of the Lord and say, Father, I want to see your glory. Hold nothing back. 
See, God's glory speaks of God's power. In John chapter 18, verses 3 through 6, the Bible says, Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. And Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? And they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when Jesus said to them, I am he, it says that they all drew back and fell to the ground. What Jesus said was, I am. The he was added to give clarification. But remember when Moses was talking to God in the burning bush and he says, who shall I tell them sent me? And the Lord said, you tell them I am sent you. Jesus telling them when they came and said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He stepped forward and he said, I am the glory of God. And they they fell back to the ground as of dead men. See, by Jesus saying, I am, he released his inherent power as God and the troops could not stand in his presence. You know, in different denominational circles, people make fun of us Pentecostal churches because they see people that are slain in the spirit or fall down when they get prayed for. And I've heard say some will say, well, they just fake it. And I, I believe that people fake it. I believe people fake a lot of things in the relationship with God. But you need to understand when a true desire to be healed, a true desire to be delivered, a true desire to be set free or strengthened, whatever your desire is, if it's with a pure heart to receive all of God's glory, you will not be able to stand in God's presence. When the natural man encounters the supernatural God, the natural will always give way. There were many that have seen God in the form of man such as Jesus, as he looked him face to face and stood. But just like God in the Old Testament had to hide himself in a cloud, Jesus hid himself in the form of man so that he could be looked upon. However, when we read in John chapter 18, when the soldiers fell back, when he revealed his power, just like in Acts chapter 9, when Paul fell and was blinded because he saw the glory of the Lord, the apostle John in the book of Revelations, while he was caught up in the spirit, described the glory of God. This way, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 13 and 17, he says, And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet, and girded about his chest with a golden band. His head and hair were like white wool and as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass as refined in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth, and went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. Verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as of dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. The Bible says that John fell at his feet as of dead. The glory of the Lord and the goodness of God, as I said before, needs to be desired, but we will never completely grasp all of it until we receive our glorified bodies in heaven. However, we don't need to fear the glory of the Lord like the children of Israel did, nor do we have to worry about the boundaries such as they were given. But what we need to do is we need to understand what the word of God says. Exodus chapter 19, verse 10 10 and 12. Exodus 19, verses 10 through 12. 
It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people, consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down from Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, and he shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Can I share with you three things quickly that we must do in order for us to ask of the Lord and receive to know and to see the glory of the Lord? Number one, we need to consecrate ourselves. We need to consecrate ourselves. God told them to consecrate themselves. The children of Israel, it was a cleansing process of the outside. Today, for you and I, it is a preparing process of the heart. See, for the children of Israel, they had to make themselves ready to be in the presence of God. We need to make ourselves ready to receive the Spirit of God. Number two, to go boldly to the Lord and to receive His salvation. First, we need to consecrate ourselves, get our hearts ready to receive His Spirit. And then secondly, we need to go before the Lord to receive His salvation. See, the third day, God came down to His people at Mount Sinai and warned them of the boundaries that could lead to death. For us, the third day, Christ rose that we may no longer fear death. We no longer need to fear death because on the day of his crucifixion, the boundaries were removed. The Bible says in Luke 23, 45, the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. See, no longer do we need to send a priest into the, to, to the, the, to, to the Holy of Holies to receive for us. We ourselves can go when we are consecrated and our heart is ready to receive the goodness of God. We can go and receive. His salvation ourselves. And number three, we need to humbly bow before Him and receive His Holy Spirit. The children of Israel feared God and built for themselves idols of gold and sent Moses to speak to the Lord on their behalf. And because of that, they did not experience all of the goodness of God. But Moses saw His glory. We today can set our idols aside and prepare our hearts and ask the Lord ourselves, Lord, show me your glory. We only need to come to God in reverence and God will pour out his glory and his spirit upon all of us. Joel prophesied in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through 32, and it says, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. See, God is wanting to pour his spirit out on each and every one of us. We just need to hunger for more. We need to desire more. We need to ask of the Lord, Lord, show me your glory. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, to Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Listen, God wants to pour out His Spirit upon each and every one of us so that we can be His mouthpiece, His hands, His feet, here in our families, here in our communities, and around the world. May we cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, show us your glory. The barriers are down. The veil has been torn. The cloud has been lifted. And God has released his spirit for all of us that will come to him and say, Lord, I desire more. Show me your glory. Nothing held back. Friends, saints of God, 
We just need to hunger for more. Don't be content with where you are. God has so much more for you and I. If we will just ask, if we will just press in, if we will seek, He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Father, I pray that you bless each and every one today that has heard this word. I pray that you would bless them and fill them to overflowing. Use them mightily and create a hunger in their hearts for more of you. Father, we need you in this day. We need more of you, Father God, in this day. We need revival in our land. We need healing in our land. We need a move of God across this land. And Father, I ask you today, why not now? Why not us? Why not a great awakening in our day? Lord, show us your glory. Father, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great week and hunger for more of God.